I'm Mike McGinnis. And I'm Carrington Vanston. And you're listening to, not Open Apple, but you're listening to No Quarter, the classic video arcade game podcast. No, I think our, our new name will be Not Open Apple. All podcasts um, except one will change their name to Not Open Apple. I'm good with that. Yeah. It'll be very and, confusing in <laughs> iTunes. So. Yes, I'm looking so for that you... one, you know, Not Open Apple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's own category. So how you doing, Mike? I'm good, Carrington. How are you? I'm good and a half. So I win. Ooh, even better. Yes. <laughs> and you probably won this week's game, too. Uh, I don't know. I kind of do suck at this week's game. Ah, it was kind of tough. I was surprised at I, uh, how I, hard it was. I think of you as being better than me at this sort of game. So I, I went in anticipating that I would lose. I don't know. I seem to I seem to do better at maze games than you, and you beat me at pretty much everything else. Okay. <laughs> it's not the way I remember it, but okay. Oh, Sounds okay. good. Spread that <laughs> So what about, uh, before we get to that game, have people talked to us? Have, have we had feedback? I, well, I unfortunately talked. didn't look, so I don't know what we got. They've talked to us, they've talked about us, they've talked at us. <laughs> I like all three of them. <laughs> uh, so we'll talk, uh, uh, last week's game was Crystal Castles, of mm-hmm. course, by Atari. Um, Vintage Volts wrote on our Facebook page that this was an addicting game, but for some reason, uh, for this game only, I had absolutely no hand-eye coordination while playing. I would always seem to overshoot my target whether that target would be a successful jump over the gem eaters only to run into one on the other side of the jump or to take a strategic turn on the maze and run into an enemy. And I, I think I agree with them. I kind of had that problem too. Um, I don't think it's uh, for an unknown reason though. I think I know what the reason is. Oh, and what's that? Most trackball games, and this was a trackball game, but with a glowing trackball. Most times with trackball games, you're, if you're controlling the item directly, like in um, uh, Missile Command, like you're moving the little cursor, and it's on sort of like a, a flat square and that kind of stuff. And I think, or you're, you're doing stuff like with Marble Madness, where you're rolling, move left, move right, and you're sort of adding impulse in a certain direction, but it doesn't go, go immediately. This mm. is sort of a combination of the two, and it's the only game I can think of that's that way, where everything is isomorphic. So it looks like Marble Madness, but your bear moves directly and fast. But of course, he's not moving on a, on a flat plane that's facing you. So when you're moving... You're sometimes moving away and sometimes moving towards, and I don't think it moves at the same speed. So it's an odd sort of combination. I found it a bit difficult to to get control of the bear as well. I would sort of like slide places I wasn't quite planning to because the angle and the speed and stuff. So oh, interesting. I hadn't thought about that. That's my thought. Yeah, uh, we talk about controllers a lot on this um, on the show, mm-hmm. uh, especially. Mame controllers for your home machines, and whether you're building a, a cabinet or, or playing on your computer. Uh, and uh, our old friend Flack Rob O'Hara wrote on Facebook to the person who wrote in about getting something like a Namco PlayStation oh, game yeah. controller. Well, we had no real good um, <laughs> suggestions. Right. Yes. Uh, for his PC, check into one of these. It's a PlayStation to USB adapter. There are a million different makes and models out there, ranging from five dollars to thirty-five dollars. GameStop sometimes runs specials on them. I use one uh, with a Mad Cat's RetroCon PlayStation controller uh, with Mame and Winvice, and it works great. And he's included a link to that, so we'll throw it in the show notes. Absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic. That sounds like the perfect solution because he was looking for something very much like his current PS1 controller. So if we could just get an adapter, then there you go. There's one exactly like your current PS1 controller. Nice. <laughs> Uh, Oliver Guinart, who's written in a couple of times, sorry, not Oliver, Olivier Guinart, uh, is that French-Canadian thing, um, <laughs> wrote in to say, I was floored to hear that Crystal Castles was written in Fortran. Great show as usual. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yep. Um, I, I don't, I, I would think that most of those games at the time, just because of space and uh, hardware constraints, were probably written in assembly language, so it's it's sort of odd to hear that, uh, 
uh, a game was written in a higher level language like that. Yeah, to- totally bizarre. I can't I can't think of another game like uh, off the top of my head that was written in anything but assembler. Like it just that's I mean at the at the time because you're dealing with such small amounts of memory and you're you got to make it as fast as possible. Like it's just totally bizarre. To me. I still think there's something. I wouldn't say necessarily fishy about it, but there's something about that that doesn't seem right. Either they had a like a serious compiler for it and found, well, that's just as good as we could do by hand, or wrote it in Fortran first and then did a lot of tweaking in assembly or something. So it just seems unlikely that you could knock out that game in like just in Fortran, save it, and you're done. Yeah, well and and I wonder why you would make that choice. I mm-hmm. mean I wouldn't, Mike. Don't blame me. Well, that's true. <laughs> if if some if a company's had all this experience developing games in assembly before that, why would you switch to something like Fortran? Yep, yeah, to- totally bizarre. So I'd love to know if there's a story behind it, either for the reason or if it was actually just used to to do at the uh, uh, say like a first run at the game. Like I'll often do that. Like I'll knock out something first and just you know you're just laying out so that it it's quasi functional. But then you go back and you rewrite the app. In, in like you know the language that you're actually going to use so i don't know it seems strange hmm. so i guess that brings us to the end of our crystal castles feedback we did have a couple of people who correctly guessed this week's game of course i, I did enjoy the the way that they announced that they um figured it out uh vintage volts uh, over on twitter wrote that after 26 episodes the no quarter show podcast is going to hell that is it will on next week's show <laughs> <laughs> and, very good yes yes and on facebook uh flack <laughs> posted uh in regards to next week's show could it be satan and he has the the, the uh the video clip of uh, the old dana carney saturday saturday night live church lady bit could it be Oh, we have the best That's listeners. That's we awesome. do. That's yeah. totally so, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we did have a couple of people uh, correctly surmise that this week's game is Satan's Hollow. And I'm still, I still, I would be so terrible at this. I would never be able to guess a game, even a game I liked. I think I could probably guess like Pac-Man. I could probably guess Tron. I, yeah. I, and I it would drive me. This. If I were a listener of the show, I wouldn't listen to the show um, because <laughs> it would drive me crazy. I'd hear the, the, the sound in my head all week and not be able to figure it out. And, and I would know like that I that I think I know it, but I can't quite know right. what it is. Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> there's no I don't understand how people figure it out. So it's amazing. But yes, uh, we are talking about Satan's Hollow, Bally Midway game from 1982. A, uh, it's a shoot 'em up game. Mike. Indeed, it, it's similar. It follows a similar formula that uh, many games of the time did. The uh, the uh, Space Invaders uh, sort of mechanic, or mm-hmm. the Space Invaders mechanic, I guess. Uh, I think of it as Galaga. Like, I th- yeah. see this as sort of Bally Midway's answer to Namco's Galaga. Sure, yes, where you have a ship that moves uh, horizontally across the bottom of the screen and shoots at things at the top of the screen that also move back and forth and drop things on you and fall down. Mm-hmm. Uh, this formula seemed to be very popular. Obviously, you had the original games like uh, like Galaga, like Space Invaders, and then many, many clones and knockoffs such as this one. Yeah, so like it, it sort of is Galaga in hell, in a sense. Like I think it, it's, it has a lot of elements very similar to Gal- Galaga in that you have swarms of enemies flying above you that often go in set patterns um, that attack you and dive bomb you. They also can, just like out of Galaga, will swoop down and actually pick up your remaining men, like take one of your extra guys and try to pull it away. And and you have to shoot the guy that has that so that you retain your 
your uh, extra man. So that's straight out of Galaga. The difference being, though, in Galaga, when that happens, you can shoot the man and it comes down, and then you get like a, a double manned ship, and that doesn't happen in um, Satan's Hollow. At least I couldn't make it happen, so I'm assuming that that's not there as a feature. Yes, the, the game begins at the base of a mountain pass leading to Satan's Hollow. The player controls a combination cannon bridge builder, which moves hor- horizontally across the bottom of the screen, as we'd said. Um, the object of the first screen is to build a bridge across a fiery river leading through to Satan's Hollow to do battle with Satan himself. So the way this works is as you shoot these, these gargoyles and demons up at the oh, top of the gargoyles. screen. gargoyles. Is that yes, what they are? They're, I kept thinking they were like pterodactyls, and I no. totally didn't understand. Why are these yeah. laser pterodactyls <laughs> flying? I don't, uh, gargoyles makes much more sense for the theme. <laughs> you would yes. think so that it would fit better with the theme, Dinosaurs oh, and gargoyles. Satan. Gargoyles. God, yeah. Yes. They look like pterodactyls, though, man. These are, they're, they're totally pterodactyls. So they fly across the screen at the top, and they drop missiles down on you. And as you, when you shoot one, you get a bridge piece down that appears at the lower left, and you have to slide across, pick it up, and move to the right to build this bridge. All the while, the the gargoyles are are continuing to attack. Um, and then once the bridge is built, you can slide across it to the to the next screen. Um, you face Satan, Satan himself. You face Satan himself. And Satan's and... much more tiny than I thought he would be. <laughs> He's little, you tiny. face little tiny Satan yes. who can be killed with one shot. So not really right. much of a boss fight. No. Now, if you kill all the gargoyles on a screen without finishing the bridge, uh, Lucifer, Old Nick, or Be- Beelzebub will appear. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least and... his head and one arm. That's right. But it's floating and, above you is just the head of Lucifer with his right arm sticking out, holding a little trident, and that's it. <laughs> and he flies around. It's very bizarre sprite. And they drop uh, columns of fire. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not completely defenseless in this game. In, in, uh, in addition to being able to move left and right, you also have a, a shield, although I didn't find the shield to be a whole lot of use because it's a limited time thing and it takes time to, to build back up once you've used it. Yes. I, I did find, unlike a lot of games where I would forget to use my shield, I would remember here. So when the swarms of guys came at me and I would say stuck in a corner, there's those sorts of games where you get yourself in a corner and everyone's coming at you and like, ah, what do you do? Um, and the nice thing is you just hold down the shield and whip yourself back to the middle of the, the monitor. So I found that there was a good uh, move to keep my guy going. In, in most games, I would just be you know stuck in the corner and then killed. So I was really happy about the shield. It's an odd mix of themes, though, like because we've got like you're you're in hell, but you're like a little ground-based sort of spaceship thingy that rolls around. And you're also building a bridge, and to me, it was like pterodact- laser pterodactyls were attacking you. I really wasn't understanding the pterodactyls. <laughs> so it's sort of like a space thing, but it sort of takes place in hell. But it's kind of like looks like it's a planet. So it's like the planet of hell. I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of bizarre. <laughs> Now, uh, as I said, the shield the shield goes away very quickly. It, mm-hmm. it, you have a 15 count, but it's not a 15-second shield. It, it burns away. And it doesn't protect you from the tridents that Satan throws at you, but it does protect you from pretty much everything else. Nothing can protect you from Satan's tiny tridents. That's right. <laughs> now, as you as you build these bridges, um, flags, uh, as you defeat the waves of, of enemies, I'm sorry, a flag will be placed on top of the castle that you see at the upper Yeah, right there's like this the castle screen. up, like you, you see sort of this path leading up a rocky mountain. To, right. uh, to a castle. And I thought it was like when you'd slide to the right over the bridge, you would go up to the castle. But when you slide to the right, you, you see the castle up now to your left. You just move further to the right. Yes. Yeah. And, and the flags come into play because when you defeat Satan, uh, that the flags give you extra bonus points. Oh, is that what it was? Because it seemed yes. like I would get more points if I could get more flags. So it sort of made sense to sort of make that I, I, I wasn't really sure how that was working because the game's sort of frantic. So um, I was getting flags, and sometimes I'd have a whole bunch of flags. Sometimes I had very few flags. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> why am I getting flags, and what do they mean? So, okay, that, that clears that up for me. Thank you, Mike. 
Well, of course, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Uh, and that's pretty much all there is to the gameplay. Once you defeat Satan, then it starts over with the, the Ways of Gargoyles, just at a higher difficulty level. Right. Um, oh, and also your bridge gets bigger and bigger. Right. The bridge you need to build gets keeps getting larger and larger lar- and larger. larger. So I don't know how uh, large it can get because I would eventually die. So I never got yeah. to a point where it stopped making it bigger. Yeah, I... I... I didn't. I tended for me the the strategy that worked best was to not die. Beca- well, uh, uh, yes, good strategy. You, you can only have two shots on the screen from your ship at any given time, so you can't just sit there and, and pound the button and, and fire off as many as possible. Unfortunately, no. which does make it difficult. To, um, as as you progress further into the game, more and more of the gargoyles start to dive bomb down on top of you, and they pin you in corners and things but like that. But the good thing and, is, as soon as you're your missile hits somebody, it frees up another missile to shoot. So if you can get one of those columns of guys coming at you, you can then fire really rapidly because you'll just keep hitting them and keep firing off another one as soon as you do. So I found sometimes if you could line yourself up while they're swooping down, you could take out a whole bunch of gargoyle slash pterodactyls, laser pterodactyls at the same time. <laughs> and so... Uh, I think so, they should just rename these things as, as laser pterodactyls. To, well, I kept wondering why is it that the pterodactyls have like the ability to shoot lasers <laughs> and also drop what seem to be rocks sometimes too and bombs and, and they'll also drop bombs that will take out bits of your your bridge, which is a pain. And then you have to go pick up another piece of bridge and, and, and build it again. Right. Well, and the thing is, when you, when you, destroy, a, when you destroy a gargoyle, a piece of the, the bridge appears... But you can't build that up. So in other words, I can't destroy three in a row and then have three pieces waiting over there for me. Right, yeah. The, you just As soon as you shoot an enemy, you have the opportunity to get one bridge piece. And it's just one until you build a bridge. And then the next right. enemy you shoot. Get. So yeah, you shoot 15 enemies in a row, you still only get the one bridge piece. Right. And I found that it quickly got very difficult once you got past the, the first phase because the number of gargoyles on the screen goes up exponentially yes. as you move through these levels. Um, so obviously, I did not do very well with this game. Um, the uh, laser pterodactyls. <laughs> the laser pterodactyls. <laughs> yes. Now the the uh, cabinet. There were three. The the standard. The, there were the the normal three types: the upright, standard, the cabaret mini, and the cocktail. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference between this game and a lot of the other uh, space invader types is that instead of having uh, a stick uh, with the, the buttons on the on the control panel itself, this had a Joystick that was looks similar to the Tron type mm-hmm. stick with the trigger that you fire with on the stick itself. I think and of those as Tron joysticks. Like to me, yes. the, the iconic game that uses that that joystick with the trigger and the sort of the large squarish sort of area at the top above your hand. That to me is a Tron joystick. So yes. I thought of it. Oh, this is one of the ones that uses a Tron joystick. Yes, and then the shield button was is a button by itself on the panel. But the control panel itself is all kinds of awesome. Like I totally love it because it's got like we said it's got the the shooter handle Tron thingy, but it's a it's a painted control panel that has these golden bat wings on either side of the joystick, and then there's the shield buttons and the the uh, the one player and two player buttons, and they're labeled with Roman numerals. It's like all very 1980s heavy metal slash Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and then the marquee above it has the word Satan's Hollow in these big flame-colored all-caps font with Satan kind of leaning over them and stretching his arms out to uh, like envelop the, the words with his bat wings and his clawed hands. Like there is nothing that is not awesome about this cabinet. Like even the side art is like a big. It's all. It's a red cabinet. And it's got a big Satan on the side of it with these big bat wings, and he's reaching up to like grab a fiery globe thing. It's like it's a totally badass cabinet. I love it. 
Yeah, this is definitely a an instance where Bally Midway went out of their way to build the cabinet up as part of the attract mode. So mm-hmm. instead of just the screen draw, trying to draw you in, the whole thing is set up to, to really kind of get your attention and say, wow, what is this game? Yeah, that great um, red look, like it really stands out. It's, a, it's, an, it's an iconic cabinet, even though the shape is just like normal cabinet. It's all about the color and the paint and that kind of stuff. And it's just fantastic cabinet. Love it. So what kind of stuff? What kind of stuff is inside the cabinet? Like, what is, does this run under the typical like MCR type stuff? Like, it's like System sixteen or the heck? Because I think it would be traditional Bally hardware, I guess for the, well, of, for the time. Of course, you would have to ask me that. And I, I would ask you. I, I can't find any reference to I'll what's find running. It. Play, play, what's play. running in it? Just pull up the manual real quick, Got and it. I'll pretend. I I'll, found I'll, it. Nope, I found it. I'm quicker than okay. you. It's uh, MCR2 hardware. So that would be like the second version of their standard MCR stuff. So main CPU is a Z80. Ha, Z80 at 2.5 megahertz. Sound CPU, Z80 at 2 megahertz. And a sound chip, it has two, I don't know these chips, AY8910s. And crazy, the resolution is quite high. The resolution is 512 by 480. Wow. Yeah, that's a good those, those sound chips are the same one that uh, Apple II fans will know this, that are found on the Mockingboard. I'm an Apple II chip. fan. Screw you, man. <laughs> I never had a Mockingboard, though. Ah, yes. So um, this is the same, the MCR. Well, the MCR is, is for people, that's the um, kind of the basic Bally Midway hardware. And they, they, it seemed every year or two, they would just have a different version. So MCR2 is what ran Tron and Journey. So I guess it would be fa- fairly simple to, to convert this over to a Tron cabinet, stick a spinner on it, and you'd be good to go. Um, but it's just this sort of what's called System 16. So they would have different iterations with small changes year to year of the, uh, the MCR hardware. That's how I, I remember it anyway. I smell a new platform podcast coming up. <laughs> laser pterodactyls. I just like to say that. <laughs> yes. I've got laser pterodactyl uh, Tourette's. <laughs> Um, oh, you so know what else I... is awesome about this cabinet? There's more. No, There's more that's awesome. Oh, this is a me. cabinet that could use what Bally called their, um, or what Midway called the Midway Auxiliary Show Monitor. And it's a, uh, a monitor, like basically a TV, that would sit on top of the cabinet and would show the gameplay. So people gathered around could see the screen instead of having to look over your shoulder. They could just look above and nice. it, would, it would form part of the attract mode and that kind of stuff. So Tron was another one that could use that and, and Ms. Pac-Man. I think there was a few different uh, games that could use what's called, yeah, Midway's. I'll, I'll find a link to it and stick it in the show notes in case people want to see what I'm talking about. But basically it's like a TV that just sat on top of the cabinet and would just show the same thing. Like it was just the same monitor again. So if you have a Satan's Hollow cabinet, that would be an option that you could stick on top to make it all extra awesome. As if this cabinet could be any more awesome. It's pushing, right. it's pushing the boundaries of awesome already. I want this game in, in my, my per home personal arcade just for the cabinet itself. It doesn't even have to work, really. I just want the cabinet. I mean, honestly, yes. I mean, I, I would never <laughs> say that you should make, like, take a good classic game and, and wreck it to make into MAME. But right. if you happen to find that it was already gutted, it's a great cabinet. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I, lo- I love this cabinet, yeah. And I also really like the game. Like, there's lots of, lots of weird things. But I like the colors. Like, the colors of the cabinet are great because that red and gold really, really attracts you. Fantastic. I also like the colors of the game. I found them really interesting because like last week we were talking about how colorful Crystal Castles is, how it's got like really vibrant colors and uses everything but orange, I think it was. So this game uses for the most part, especially in the background, much more muted colors like dark reds and browns and greens and, and oddly kind of like earth tones, even though it's, you know, an RGB monitor. But, uh, and sometimes the sky changes to blue and purple, but still kind of muted. But, Separate from that, you've got these bright reds and yellow. 
and those would be like your ship and the fire that's that's coming after you and the Satan head and the little Satan guy and the, and the the lava that you're building the the moat over. So those really jump out, and then the flags and the bridge are white, and because everything else is so muted and colorful, the white really jumps out. So even though the background is really busy because you've got the the rocky crags and the ground you're on and the mountain that the castle's on and the the clouds and the sky like all this stuff it doesn't detract from the gameplay i think mostly just because of the color difference having such muted colors in the background it says vibrant ones in the interactive parts so it's a really interesting choice for for color scheme i liked it i liked it a lot Indeed. And, and I think that this is really a case where because of the extra attention that seems to have gone into details like the cabinet, details like the color and the gameplay where you've got a fairly standard game mechanic that mm-hmm. is surpassed by because of the extra polish and work that they've put into to making this an amazing game. Yeah, I think so, too. The only thing I found that they could have polished more was I think the collision detection is wrong. Now, maybe mm. it was because in MAME and I'm, I'm scaling it up or something because I wasn't using an arcade monitor, but there were definitely times where I died when I, when I was at least a pixel away from being hit. And definitely times where I was hit and, I didn't, and it didn't register. So something funky about that. Sounds like sour grapes to me because I My didn't have My grapes are delicious. <laughs> but I, I still think there's some wonky collision detection going on here. Or, but again, or it could be that I was scaling it up. I was playing this one on a, on a high-def TV. So I've got a 1920 by 1080 monitor and I'm only using the middle part of it and stuff. And So it could be a scaling issue, but I definitely was encountering some, some collision detector, detection problems. Mm, it's a poor musician that blames his instruments. It's an excellent musician <laughs> that blames his Darn those instruments. Yeah. Did it... Did did it uh, affect your high score at all, you it, think? Um, uh, no. Detection? Well, my, my total high score, I didn't mm-hmm. get that far in, but I, I felt I, I I made a good run at it. And I did get better and better throughout the week. So the nice thing is, like, I, I think I could improve at this game. But how good I got so far was 37,275 points. And all my all my scores seem to end in fives and zeros. So it seems to be yes. scores. That, like, last week we were talking about how the score can be anything. This seems to be fives and zeros. So. Well, I'm looking at uh, Twin Galaxies International scoreboard here and all of the high scores here and also in either five or zero. Oh, so, okay. Um, you beat me, but just barely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Suck it. Suck it. Again. <laughs> uh, yes. My high score was 36,310. Oh, wow. I can't. I, I honestly thought you'd destroy me at this because this oh, no. is the well, sort of a, there's, Okay. There's a reason that I didn't. Oh, uh, blame. Oh, is it time a, to blame the instruments? <laughs> no, no, no. This is a big, long story <laughs> where I blame my parents for my upbringing and you and a whole bunch of other things. <laughs> So well, tell me a story. In fact, I have in my show notes. Ask Mike to tell me stories. Mike, so tell me stories. here it is. This is not a game that I was allowed to play as a child. Because of Satan? Because of Satan. My parents, <laughs> yes, my parents are fundamentalist Christians. And okay. because of that, I was, I was not allowed to play games like anything that had a hint of Satanism or the devil. or, or So you couldn't or play Dungeons like and Dragons, I guess. I was not allowed. I did anyway, but I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> you rebel. Um and well, D and D, I could play because I could just go over to my friends' house and, houses and play it there. This is a but your friends probably didn't have their own Satan's Hollow. Games. They did not. No. no. And when we went to the to the arcades and things like that, usually my dad was with me, so it wasn't one where I could mm-hmm. slip away and play while he wasn't watching. Um, I do remember that uh, the the first time that I saw this cabinet was at a place that's no longer here in Colorado. It's called Celebrity Fun Center, Celebrity Sports Center. It was this massive. Um, complex of of entertainment and games that had water slides and a huge pool and arcades and and the whole nine yards if if you if you live in southern california or if you've seen the movie karate kid there's a 
uh, a scene, um, and I'm drawing a blank on the name of the place, but this place is ju- was just like the one in the movie. Um, and that was the first time that I encountered the Satan's Hollow game, and my father came over disapprovingly said, what are you playing? And I was not allowed to even finish that game. So oh. up until recently, this I have never really played, spent any time playing this game. Um, they do have they do have a a um the full size cabinet here in Denver now at the one up you can play um and i i i noticed that playing the um this is a an instance where playing whether you have the 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 stick um of the cabinet or you're playing on on a, a say like a, an x arcade where the fire button is just a button on the console and you're moving the stick back and back and right. forth didn't really make a difference uh, you know a game like tron where you've got the stick and the spinner it's going to be difficult to emulate at home this well, one yeah, no it never even occurred to me that of course i'm playing it with a different sort of stick um but yeah that i don't i don't feel why. like my game suffered at all because of that like this <laughs> oh, okay. just as well with the normal yeah so that's why um so, so that's why my score was as low as it was. That's that's what I'm sticking with. Yes, I'm going to blame my parents for this one. <laughs> well, my parents uh, were Satanists, so <laughs> oh, I was forced okay. to play this game. That's no, right. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> While all your friends were going to church, you were made to stay home. I and was play made this to game. stay home and worship Satan. Yeah. Like I have a totally different story to tell. <laughs> so I got really good at this game as a child. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> my whether or not, whether or not I had been allowed to play this as a child, I doubt. As a child, I doubt it would have made a difference. The the current high score for this game was set by Aaron Samuel in 1983 at 43,086,300 points. We always like to talk about our scores and then just put them in perspective with what right, a good yes. player. <laughs> oh, Maybe we're, we're not so hard. And this is a game that I think I haven't read anything about a crash screen on it. So I think you could effectively play forever on this game. Unlike um, last week, we were talking about Crystal Castles and how it's got 10 levels with right. you know, four and boards each done. level yes. and then you're done. And, or some games just end with a with a, a, a kill, a kill screen. screen. This is a game that seems to just go on forever. I don't know whether it gets increasingly harder and it becomes infinitely hard or if it just gets to a level and and then just it comes down to, you know, how good you can play. Because by the t- even I was getting up to levels that were pretty frantic and I wasn't getting that far in. So I could imagine that if it keeps getting tougher, that even if you had, you know, an infinite, um, like a game that could theoretically go forever, even a great player is eventually going to get killed because it's it gets overwhelming, I think. I think so too, and I imagine if you were good enough to continue playing it, it probably just the score rolls over. And I, I don't see any indication that there was an, any kind of end to this right. game. There's no end to Satan. <laughs> he wears right. you down. Hell is eternal. <laughs> uh, at least that's what my parents would have me believe. Um, at any rate, uh, I enjoyed this game a lot. And, me too. Um, yeah, I re- this is one of those games where I remembered liking it, and then I played it, and I was right. <laughs> I <liked it. laughs> there was no... I was like, yeah, I think I like this game, and I played it again. You know what? Yes, I do. This is a really good example of a straightforward... You know, this is an iconic type of game, like the Galaga-type game. Very, you know, I just think this is 1981, 1982, 1983. There's lots of games of this sort. I think it's a really good example of one of those sorts of games. I think it's just all kinds of awesome. Love the cabinet. Enjoy the gameplay. Um, Just there's nothing not to like about this game. Really, really good one. So there was no nostalgic distortion for you? No, not at all. I don't remember playing this game. I don't actually have any specific memories of playing this game. Like, I don't remember that there was a particular place I went to, but I know I did play this game as a kid. I'm I'm sure that I did. I think I was pretty bad at it, so I don't think I played it a lot. Um, 
I, I may have been like, maybe I misunderstood about the bridges and never built them or something. And so I, cause I, that kind of came as a surprise when I played this time. I'm like, oh, bridges. Did I know about that as a kid? So I may have only played on that first level. I, I, I may have been a bit slow as a child. So. Well, I think the thing is, if you, even if you don't build the bridges, the waves of gargoyles will keep coming. So you yes. can wipe out the gargoyles and then the next one will keep showing up. And yeah. you never, I don't think you, I don't think you ever have to take on Satan himself. Yes, not, I, I not may never have done so. To, right. <laughs> So I, I I didn't specifically remember going over there. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like it's sort of embarrassing to me. Okay, so other things about this, I've got a couple of other notes. First, sure. is it um, that song at the beginning? It, I finally figured out that it was Ride of the Valkyries that plays a oh, little bit. Of that. It was driving me crazy. Going, what, why don't I know what this is? But I do know what it is. But anyway, there was. The, oh, anyway, this game was designed by a fellow named Bill Adams. So I try to, I'm trying to look up like who is the person behind the games that we do. So yeah. he also was the fellow who programmed the Tron arcade game. So I don't think he was the designer, but he was the programmer for Tron. And that makes kind of sense because it's like the same joystick and this same cabinet shape, just now with a spinner. And then he seemed to move on to be more of a manager and he oversaw a, the development of a bunch of other games when he was with Was Valley he a Fruit. Satanist? Uh, everybody's a Satanist but you. Oh, you that's know. true. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> and what's, what's disappointing is there's this uh, website called coinopspace.com. Yeah, and they did a series of creator chats. So back in 2009, they did a creator chat with him. And people could ask a whole bunch of questions. So they had a big public chat. And they discussed this game and Tron and a whole bunch of games. But they still haven't posted the transcript from 2009. Oh. So, And they don't seem to have posted the transcript for any of them. Or maybe they have and I just couldn't find them. So... Um, if those transcripts exist, I'd be really interested in having somebody write in and, and point to where they are because I'd love to read it. Like I, they asked a bunch of questions that I would be interested in hearing his answers to, but they didn't post the answers as far as I could tell. So that's a little disappointing. And the only other note I have is that there was a t-shirt offer. So I guess there was some hmm. way in which you could either get us. I don't I couldn't find any way, any examples of how you were supposed to win this t-shirt, but there was some sort of free or, or paid t-shirt you could get from Bally Midway at the time uh, for Satan's Hollow. And I found um, one of the t-shirts for sale on eBay, but it was an, it was an, old, uh, an, an old auction, so it's no longer available. But it did exist and it did seem to get out there in the public, but there's very little information about it. And I found a, a, on a site called WorthPoint, I'll, I'll link to it. It's got a, 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 a shows the t-shirt. So if people are interested in see what they could have got back in the eighties. Um, but I don't have a lot of details on whether it was something you won for a high score or just sent away money and got or something. I don't know. Can't find a lot of huh. details, but there was a shirt. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Good history there. Yeah. Cool stuff. The, the lots of, lots of interesting things sort of surrounding this game. And it did seem to be not just your family. I read a lot of things online about how people weren't allowed to play this. Yep. Um, the eighties were a time where, you know, the, I think people can forget if you weren't a kid at the time that there was the whole Dungeons and Dragons will turn you evil thing, you know, Satan, oh, yeah. Satan yeah. is your master thing. Like that was that was a that was a thing that was happening in the eighties that parents were afraid <laughs> of. Like not just your parents, like parents in general across North America had this idea that all kids were becoming Satan worshippers. Well, there were those, you know, the, there were a couple of murder cases I think where the kid tried to blame uh, the, the parents or somebody tried to blame his, his involvement with D and D and sure. heavy metal music and all that. So yeah, it's a very strange time for for this sort of thing. I remember not on the Apple II I, for a while, for, well, for the whole time that, that I was at home, I was not allowed to play games like Wizardry or, or Ultima. 
Um, just well, because the same sort of thing, yeah. Because it's yeah. all dealing with the same themes and stuff, sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny how that that has kind of continued to this day, where every every couple of years there'll be something about how you know modern video games are turning. They're they're the reason they'll be shooting at schools, or the reasons that kids will do bad in school, or whatever. So video games in general, and say rap music in general, will get blamed for stuff. Um, uh, but it was happening just as much back then. Like it, it was that—that's not a new thing in the '80s. That was that was an ongoing issue in, in the media and stuff. And yeah, yeah, the blame youth culture for for the problems that we have in society. I guess. Yep, that that um, is an old tale. But now that now that I'm an old decrepit man, <laughs> I, I'm no longer influenced by Satan, and I can play this game without having to go out and sacrifice huh, the neighbor's cat. Satan is making you say that. <laughs> that's right. You don't understand how influenced that's you are right. by by album covers. Yeah. So yeah, I, I highly recommend this game. Yeah. Um, if you haven't already tried it, definitely do. I'm sure a lot of people um, obviously have um, and enjoyed as well. Yeah. Excellent game. Highly recommend it. Let's see if they enjoy next week's game. What's it sound like? It sounds like this. And I think that pretty much wraps up this week's episode. We are wrapped. We are bundled. We are snuggled. Indeed we are. Thank you for podcasting with me, Mike. Well, thank you for talking to me, Karen. I look forward to challenging you on the new game next week. Indeed. (laughs) Okay, talk to you then. All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. And if you've enjoyed the show... Please head over to iTunes and leave us a review or a rating. It really helps other people find the show. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash noquarterpodcast or follow us on Twitter at noquartershow. Feedback to the show can be sent to feedback at monsterfeet.com. And like all Monster Feet podcasts, the original material in this show has been released to the public domain. Thank <laughs> you.